scripture comes from the book of Isaiah, chapters 58, verses 9 through 12. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise. In the darkness, and your gloom shall be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. The word of God for the people of God. Will you pray with me? Holy God, send your spirit upon us that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. McKenna Lee Elrod, 10. Leah Salazar, 11. Miranda Mathis, 11. Navea Bravo, 10. Jose Manuel Flores, Jr., 10. Xavier Lopez, 10. Tess Marie Mata, 10. Rogelio Torres, 10. Elihana Eli Amaya Garcia, 9. Eliana A. Torres, 10. Annabelle Guadalupe Rodriguez, 10. Jackie Cesaris, 9. Uzziah Grace, Uzziah Garcia, excuse me. Jace Carmelo Luvianos, 10. Matei Yulena Rodriguez, 10. Jayla Nicole Siguero, 10. Irma Garcia, 48. Ava Morales, 44. Amory Joe Garza, 10. Alexandria Lexi Anaya Rubio, 10. Alethea Ramirez, 10. So these are the names of those who lost their lives on Tuesday, May 24th in Uvalde, Texas. It's important that we name them. Now just a week before the shooting, Reverend Jamie Lee and I uh, attended the Festival of Homiletics, which is an annual preaching festival that is a joy to go to if you love to sit and listen to, you know, sermons and lectures about sermons all day long. Woohoo! We love it. 
just this year, it just happened to be taking place in Denver, and so Reverend Jamie Lee and I attended as much as we could. Now, the preachers of the festival were reeling over the mass shooting in Buffalo, New York, at a neighborhood grocery store. Reverend Otis Moss III, who is often a preacher at Festival of Homiletics, started his sermon by listing the names of the victims of that shooting. Don't get me wrong, it's a lot. It's painful. And maybe it feels too painful. But Otis Moss admonished us that we must name them and honor them so that they do not become statistics in our minds or in our hearts. And that for preachers and people of faith, we must stand in that place where our heart breaks for the things that break God's heart. And I believe God's heart is thoroughly broken. Because we are a broken people in a broken place. Broken, divided, violent world. I just finished a small group study with um, a few people from our congregation who got together to read the book by Adam Hamilton called Why? Making Sense of God's Will. And I have to admit that one of the things that drew some of us to the book was the size of the book. We thought we can do that for four weeks, that's fine, that's good. And we quickly learned that the size of the book actually left us wanting because what we really did together was cry out the question, why? Why is there suffering? Why does cancer and dementia ravage the bodies and minds of people we love? Why do people of color and people of varied gender and sexual orientations and women have to continue to say that their lives and their bodies are worth respect and rights too? And why is it so radical to say that? Why are there people who are hungry and without homes? And why can we not figure out a way to share what we have? Why do children have to go to school in fear and worried that they might be next? I do have to admit that at the end of our class, we really didn't feel like we had a lot of answers. And the ones that were provided in the book left us wanting, especially as we met for our last class on May 25th deeply questioning the mass shooting of the day before. But there was one thing that Adam Hamilton suggested that I think bears continued reflection, and I invite you into that reflection with me. 
It's a central premise for his book, and he lays it out in the first chapter. God's primary way of ruling and acting on our planet is through people. When God wants something done in the world, God calls people to do it. When the poor are going to be fed, God doesn't rain down manna from heaven. God sends people. When the sick are going to be cared for, God sends people. When justice is going to be sought, God sends people to fight for it. When others are discouraged and in need of love, God sends people to offer encouragement and care. I find this idea so hopeful and also deeply unsettling because it's risky. I mean, has anyone sat down with God to talk through the logic of this? When thinking about a lot of, maybe most of, the evil and suffering in this world is caused by people. It's pretty risky then, don't you think, God, to put the same kind of creatures who are creating the mess in the place and with the responsibility of making it better? Now, sometimes people laugh at the futility of faith in God, but what about God's faith in us? Laughable. Except God isn't laughing. God isn't joking. God is dead serious, and the fate of the world depends on us. In our scripture today, we hear the words of Isaiah the prophet. Now, whether they were actually written by Isaiah himself or some of Isaiah's disciples is debatable, but the spirit of the prophecies runs through it. The first part of Isaiah, chapters 1 through 39, are the prophecies of Isaiah to prepare the Israelites for exile. Nobody wants exile. It's terrible. And especially since we know that the Israelites were tied to their homeland, although they seemed to spend very little actual time there, what with famines sending them away to places to find food and armies coming in and conquering them, either sending them away to other lands or ruling over, there with, ruling over them with cruelty and terror. And all that the people have experienced, They've become pretty numb to the pain, apathetic to the atrocities, hopeless that anything will ever be right again. But the last part of the book, chapters 40 through 60, 66, I don't know, something like that, we find our reading today And Isaiah's voice is urging the people to remember that even though they had been in exile, look at the ways that God never left them. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, here I am. 
And then the voice of Isaiah reminds them that part of what will happen to them is up to them. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall arise in the darkness and your gloom be like noonday. It is up to them to feed the hungry and calm the afflicted. They are the ones to be the light in a dark and broken world. They are the ones to raise up generations and make good decisions so that those who come after them can live in a, in a world that is not so filled with despair. They are the ones to repair the breach and restore the streets in which they live. Sometimes it's hard to know what to do. And I think that out of some despair and some frustration, one of our class members, Jeannie Archer, who likes to hide in the balcony, but you should turn around and look at her anyway, got on the phone last Wednesday and called senators and representatives to see what they might suggest we do as concerned citizens. She put together this sheet of five things you can do now to stop gun violence. And I made copies, and I'm going to hand them out to you if you would like to have it. And we will also send it out in our newsletter this week. Because we have to do something. And it's hard to know what to do sometimes, but we do have a voice. A voice that might echo the voice of Isaiah saying, God will not leave us, and there is still reason for hope. And the hope is in us. And we do it because of names that we've read we do it because of names that are on the wall. We do it because we hope for Ella and for all of the children that we have baptized almost every week for the last month in this place. We hope for them a world that is brighter. God has not left us. Even though there were moments this week that it sure felt like God did. God is with us. And God continues to call us to be the ones to repair the breach between what our world is and what God would have the world be. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen. I invite you